0: Let's see here. It's Thanksgiving Eve in the NBA. The Phoenix Suns are tasked with a back-to-back going against their Pacific Division rival, the Golden State Warriors. Interesting little game that we had here. Scott Foster was out there on the court, and CP3 was back in town, as was Dario Saric. So a reunion of sorts, and for the first time in four years, Seeing Scott Foster didn't evoke fear into the hearts of Suns fans. No. You're kind of like, well, what's going to happen tonight? And things happened. Oh, things happened. Suns win five in a row, baby. We've won five consecutive games uh, with a game against Memphis upcoming. Could go to six if we win that one. But a big win for the Phoenix Suns. Matthew will be joining us live from the arena in a little bit to talk about the reaction from inside the footy. And I'm honored. I am blessed to be joined by a man who, if it has to do with the Phoenix Suns, you know he's going to make a video about it. Welcome to <laughs> Suns Geek. Welcome back to the show, Brandon. How are you doing?
1: Fantastic, man. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Thank you so much for also allowing me to, you know, show, uh, do this show on my channel as well. Yes. Really helps out my content, and I just I'm glad that we have this partnership. Love going live with both you and Matthew. You know, it's Thanksgiving now. I'm super excited. We got to talk about this crazy, crazy game, man.
0: Absolutely. We're going to try to hit this from all angles. Uh, I'll talk a w- about why I didn't really watch much of the third quarter, uh, <laughs> but plenty to talk about. Uh, you know, most importantly, the Suns win. And, you know, we're rolling now. This is five consecutive games ever since Scott Foster, uh, sorry, Frank Vogel, <laughs> Scott Foster's on the brain. <laughs> ever since Frank Vogel said, you know what? We're going to we're going we're gonna to slow down. We're not going to utilize Bradley Beal. We're not going to play this day to day shit anymore. You have the Suns starting to understand who their roles are and they can consistently come in night after night and execute those roles. And even though it was a shaky fourth quarter, uh, how does it feel to be on a five game win streak this year, man?
1: Feels fantastic. Look, I know it wasn't the prettiest, and we are going to dive into it. And, yes, the fourth quarters do need to be addressed. But, damn it, I don't care. We won five in a row. And for the most part, this team is clicking. I'm excited. And I know it's still early in the season, but this is a good time to win five in a row. Absolutely it is, especially considering
0: the team started four and six and there's you know kind of frustration about if you will and everybody's uh just like hey um what's going on like what's up with the phoenix suns they're starting to dial in they're starting to understand who and what they can become still a lot of opportunity out there and i know that we'll talk about that on this edition of the sun's jam session podcast which is also simultaneously being viewed on the sun's geek channel so if you happen to be watching on either one of the channels thank you for taking a little time out of your thanksgiving eve to do so And hit that thumbs up button. Smash the Hulk button, as Suns Geek would say. (laughs) Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell notification. We'll let which will let you know whenever we go live. If you happen to be watching on Twitter or Twitch or Facebook or uh, Instagram Live, appreciate you too. Just do what you do. Enjoy the show. We we truly appreciate it. Uh, I know that you're cracking
1: open a cold one with me, Brandon. You got Oh, yeah, man. I I I don't know about you, but I've been on live baby. Yeah, got cores live. It's just one of those things. It was a crazy game, man. We got to pop one open. Pop it. Let's
0: talk about this son's victory over the dubs. Win for the Phoenix Suns by a final score of one twenty-three to one fifteen. Suns now nine and six on the season have gone to five hundred at home. They're now four and four at home, uh, which is key. Which brings me to my first question. Oi, Maddy, mate, I've got to ask, Suns geek, I gotta ask. You take a look at this game coming into it, knowing that CP three is coming back and Scott Foster throws him out before halftime, throws him out. Disappointed par for the course relieved. What'd you feel when that happened?
1: Okay. I'll just say this. Even if let's just pretend Chris Paul was playing for the Phoenix Suns and that exact sequence happened and the ejection happened. I honestly would have reacted the same way, which was me laughing. I laughed at it because, one, it wasn't like the hardest foul ever. It kind of seemed like a weak foul in a way. And, And, again, I don't know if Scott Foster said something first or if Chris Paul just kept barking, which that kind of did look like the case. And then, you know, well, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. We all know what he said at one point, but they just kept John at each other, which, you know, we could probably spend a good amount of time talking about how probably referees shouldn't do that because, you know, in Scott Foster and Chris Paul and everything, but I found it funny. Um, I, I hope one day there is a documentary series about this and I'm not even joking, um, but it There's was just it weird. It, it was just weird, man. Because again, it was just, it wasn't like the hardest foul ever. I don't know what Chris Paul was so upset about, but again, this this clearly was brewing and I honestly hope they probably won't, but I, I honestly hope the NBA does kind of look into this incident Because I don't know. man. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. When I first saw
0: it, I giggled a little bit because I'm like, are are you fucking kidding me? Like, (laughs) obviously, CP3 now plays for the enemy and having him come back here. uh, And there was one play a little bit earlier before that where he baited uh, Kevin Durant into a call. Kevin Durant was, you know, running up the or was backing up up the court and Chris Paul, you know, got bumped and he was kind of. Riley smiling at Kevin Durant Kevin Durant's like oh you motherfucker you got me Chris Paul you little foul baiter you you got me and then the whole incident happened and in that moment I felt like a Suns fan yeah because I've seen and I've experienced what it's like to have Chris Paul on your team and know that you're being officiated by Scott Foster I think two and 17 is Chris Paul's all-time record in 19 games against or at least the last 19 games with Scott Foster as an official and that's wrong. That's wrong that you can sit there and go, oh, well, this official's going to be on the court. There's going to be some sort of friction. There's going to be a lot of whistles that aren't going to go in the favor of my team. And you enter it defeated. And we know what that's like as Suns fans because we caught Scott Foster in playoff games. Highly leveraged games with Scott Foster. And because of an official, there's a bias that occurs. And I guarantee you, I can't, I, I don't have the statistics in front of me, Suns Geek, but I guarantee you that if you see Scott Foster on a CP3 game, the line moves in Vegas. It must move in Vegas because of that bias. So when that moment occurred, I was with you too. I I laughed. I was like, "You gotta be fucking." Kidding. I thought it was funny, man. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and then you see what he did. And they started barking. He started barking, and and on the Arizona sports feed, you could see that he called him a bitch. He goes, "You're a bitch." You're. A... He said it twice. Yeah. And at that moment, I grabbed my phone, and I paused the TV and I rewound it. <laughs> And then I just, I recorded it. And then I just, then I threw a tweet out there. And that tweet went fucking nuts. Like here's Hoop Central retweeted it. It says, you're a bitch. Chris Paul to Scott Foster, hat tip, at Darth Voida. And it had the video of that. And that video is free. I mean, if you look at, if you look, it
1: says 1.6 million views as of the time I just snipped that like i'm I'm honored to be you know podcasting with somebody who's so famous right now man like i even tweeted you immediately i was like john you're a legend i started blowing up your phone i'm sure half of those notifications were from me alone
0: (laughs) well well, what happened was it like all of a sudden i tweeted it and instantly my phone just like (laughs) and so like i text matthew and i text you and i sent you guys links to you're like oh i'm like oh shit And the text wouldn't go through. I couldn't text anybody for 45 minutes because my phone was absorbing all the notifications that are still going on right now. If I go on (laughs) right now, it's still just like notification, notification, notification. Uh, Multiple media outlets took that little snippet of video, retweeted it, and then obviously all the notifications on top of that. It was was very interesting that my viral moment, my first viral moment as somebody who covers the Phoenix Suns for Bright Side of the Sun – uh, if you haven't, check out brightsideofthesun.com. Bright Dave King already wrote a piece of, uh, about it, um, but it was really, it was really funny. How, how, yeah. Ozzy uh, uh, Suns fan in the chat, he's like, the Twitter chat got your message, lol. Yeah, the only people yep. I can hit up is like, I finally like hit you up on Instagram, yep. and I was like, you know, we have a little uh, Suns Potter Fodder uh, text <laughs> chain group, and That'll I was texting great
1: them. Night, by the way when we did that whole thing. <laughs>
0: Well, that, that that's a JP3 original, by the way. Uh, but it was it was interesting because and, and the reason it went viral is, is two reasons. One, it's timing. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Everybody's watching this game. If you're a basketball fan, you're watching this game cause you're home. You don't got to work tomorrow. It's Thanksgiving. Exactly. So you're around, you're watching you're like, oh, this is fucking ri- ridiculous. And then you go on on you know to check to see what's going on, and then they have my video there reset a million times. And two, it's because of this bias that occurs. What are your thoughts on that? That's not right, that Scott Foster creates such an insane bias, even though it worked in the Suns' favor. We shot yeah. 52 free throws tonight. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but what do you think about the whole Scott Foster situation now that it's going on, it, like it benefited us finally yeah. after the first time in four years?
1: I'm probably going to sound like a complete you know, bias and a homer, and I don't even know if this really makes sense. But it, it kind of felt good, you know, for us to be on the good side of a Scott Foster thing, maybe up until the late like, quarter and everything. But it's kind of weird, though, because I kind of felt like Chris Paul was still on the Suns when that happened. You know what I mean? And that's where I feel like kind of a homer. because And maybe that's why I laughed and I was really like, trying to watch closely what they were, you know, complaining and barking about with each other. But it, it was kind of weird. But And, and look... I I might get stoned in the comments for saying this and look, it it clearly has to be addressed. I said that earlier in the show, I hope the NBA investigates it and everything, Mm -hmm. but in a way it's kind of good for the NBA because it kind of gets people talking. It gets the eyes on the game. It gets people on social media, but that's not what it's about. The, The whole principle of the matter is that there is clearly something wrong. Some big issue between Scott Foster and Chris Paul, Mm-hmm. and it needs to be addressed. You you said it, man. What? 2 and 17 is Chris Paul's record. That's How long dumb. has Chris Paul been in the NBA since 2005? Yeah. NBA, Adam Silver, uh, Mark Tatum, etc. Please do something about Scott Foster. I don't even know if that answers your question. It's it's true just, though,
0: you know. It's true though. It's it's ridiculous. And again, it worked in our favors and here we are on the other side of it benefiting from his jackassery, and we still understand that it's that it's wrong. Like I'm not saying that Keeping CP3 in wins this game. I'm not saying yeah. that...
1: They still you know, probably would have lost.
0: I, I think so. I think the Suns had them handled. And, you know, we'll talk about the fourth quarter, and how the Suns gave up 40 points in the fourth Ugh. quarter to to their scrubs.
1: Can we not talk about <laughs> no, Yeah, we're going to have to. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately,
0: <that's... laughs> it's always the goddamn fourth quarter with the yep. Siemens turnovers in the fourth quarter. Yep. That's the frustrating thing. It's when they 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 take their, their mind off the game and they take a step back and they're like, oh, okay, this is going to be... A uh, a nice easy win will just kind of sprint out the quarter, and they and then they suck. But yep. you know, f- finalizing the point on Scott Foster and CP three, they got they they got to do better than that. Like you got to do better than that. Uh, there's got to be accountability to that. That's the key, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, and it's been a while I think since I've bitched about the refs. And I think it's the first time I'm bitching about the refs on behalf of the opposing team. I think that's literally a son's jam session, first in what our 529th episode. Uh, but there needs to be accountability. There needs to be fines, public fines, mind you, there, and there needs to be better training. And I've said this for a long time. When you have people like Scott Foster, who, when his career's done, he will graduate into this lore of officials who are training officials and you need to have a better system there to ensure that they know how to officiate games correctly. I mean, we we've seen it throughout the season. That last game, Kevin Durant was getting called for some bullshit. Uh, by that one ref uh, I forget her name but she was doing a horrible oh, yeah, job the ref, yeah, yeah. I know a ho- horrible job I, I was sitting there watching the game I was like you got to be kidding me yeah. and the, and again you know I was having some conversations with the people sitting around me at the game and we were talking about accountability and fines and things of that nature to where it's like listen Scott Foster you pulled the trigger way too early you allowed your ego to enter the equation which should not you were there to officiate the game not to be part of the game and in turn That means you need to negate your ego as much as it might be bruised in those situations. Because guess what? If you insert your ego into these games, you're going to get fined pretty heftily for those actions. And it's going to be a public fine. So people know, just like an NBA player, you know, Draymond Green gets fined X amount of dollars and is suspended X amount of games. Same thing for bad officiating. And you have to have a third-party system that allows you to... objectively look at those situations and determine what those fines are. And it's too much internal. It's too much good old boy stuff. And it just wasn't, uh, it's just not acceptable for basketball. That's that. That's it. That's it. We'll talk about the game. Anything else to add?
1: Just real quick. Scott Foster took up what, like 10 minutes of the podcast. You know what I mean? And it's probably not the last time we're going to talk about him. So congratulations, Scott Foster. You got the attention you, you wanted that son of a bitch. He's still doing it. (laughs) Still doing it.
0: Which (laughs) player do you want to talk about first, Sons Geek?
1: Oh man. Can we talk about you know what? Let's talk about Kevin Durant. (laughs) I like it. Who the heck are you? You I'm Kevin Durant.
2: You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did
1: anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything?
2: I'm one of the best players ever played a game.
0: Wayne Durant in this game uh, ends up going over the 30-point mark because he had to be brought back in the game. 32 points scored on 7 of 14. Only 7 of 14. 14 shots to make 32 points. That's what we call pretty good. It's because he was 15 of 15 from the free throw line, mind you. Had 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks. And the turnover bug came back to bite him, especially in that fourth quarter. Six total turnovers. But what did you see from Kevin Durant tonight? And what have you seen from Kevin Durant thus far? What kind of things are you talking about on your channel relative to Kevin Durant?
1: Yeah, well, a couple days ago after that crazy double overtime thriller against the Jazz, I made sort of just like a recap video. Um, I don't know why I didn't go live that night. I, I shame on me for not doing that. But pretty much made a video saying he has been incredible. And, yeah, the turnovers are bad. I was arguing with somebody in my comment section about that, so I'll take the L about that. But I don't even care about the turnovers, man. This dude is, what, second in the NBA in scoring right now in points per game or whatever yeah. it is? And in my personal opinion, I don't care what the Suns record is, man. He belongs in the MVP conversation. He's, getting, he's getting any shot he wants. Doesn't matter who's guarding him. Doesn't matter how good of a contest you have. And there were a few good contests tonight by the Warriors players. It doesn't matter. That ball is going in the rim. And you know what? It feels good to be on the side of the whistle sometimes because you mentioned 15 for 15 from the free throw line. It's good that he actually gets to the line. I mean, he's Kevin Durant. You know, he's going to get – he could play for the Charlotte Hornets and he would get to the free throw line. But you get the point. Uh, He's playing incredible right now. And, you know, I keep seeing these things here and there. Like, oh, man, you know. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant should be co-MVPs or be, be in that conversation. And you know, this is just proving it why cuz I'm sure we're going to talk about Booker later, but they both look mm-hmm. fantastic besides the turnovers and the fourth quarters.
0: Yeah, and I know that we've brought up turnovers on our podcast as well and you do have those KD stands who come in and they're just like, "Dude, you're not all you're doing is talking about the turnovers." No, we're talking about his complete game. Like, yep. we love Kevin Durant. He's an automatic bucket. It's amazing to have that on your team. It's unbelievable. You know, the the Warriors put together a 7-0 run, right? The, the Suns are up 40 to 35. Yep. 7-0 run, 42 to 40, just like that. And Kevin Durant comes down, hits one of those tough 17-footers, and next thing you know, the Suns go on a 14-0 run. That is a Kevin Durant as a catalyst. reach Okay? But at the same time, like, he does have aspects of his game where because of his height, he's 7 feet tall. When you bounce the ball like that and you're being guarded by young, by uh, shorter guys, guess what? When you bounce the ball down, you're closer to them and it's easy for them to swipe at it. And that's what happens. Unfortunately, that's what happens. You know, you take a look at the top 10 MVP candidates. I don't know if you know this, but on Basketball Reference, they have an MVP tracker and they have it by percentage. And it's always changing. Ah, uh, right now Nikola Jokic is has a probability of fifty two point seven percent, and the other nine players on the list uh, make up the other forty eight percent. Okay, Kevin Durant's not on that list, he and as you, be. he should be, and and as you mentioned, geek, that is a crime yep. because of how efficient he's been. It was a crime that he didn't win the Western Conference Player of the Week last week. Yeah, uh, it, it really was, in my opinion, because of the way that he has just been. Scoring, holding his team together, playing every game, and doing so in such an efficient manner. That's what's impressive to me, is his splits are just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, again, yeah, the, the turnover bug, you know, that's definitely something of... Note. It's a He's team averaging. issue,
1: too. It's not just KD. It is.
0: Well, it's because there's... 100%, that's a great statement, because there's multiple factors in the fact that he has to carry the team at times and the doubles are coming at him and he's not having the opportunity to, you know, people aren't rotating, you know, sometimes they're, they're blitzing Katie and the team just stands. there's like, Hey, I'm over here. It's like, no run towards him, man, go get the ball from him. But he is averaging prior to this game, 3.9 turnovers per game. That's sixth most in the NBA. That's where he's at right now. But I'll, you know what? I'll take that if he's scoring, You know, he he was at 31.4 points per game prior to this game. He scored 32 tonight, so that's going to go up. And Joel Embiid is at 31.9. So it's like he's scoring the most in the league. So I will definitely take the turnovers along the way. Are they fresher in the fourth quarter? Absolutely. But what we're seeing from Kevin Durant, I have a piece coming out on Bright Side of the Sun tomorrow because it's Thanksgiving. I wrote it tonight. And it just says, be thankful for Kevin Durant. Yep, And it's literally like an article for like 600 words. I just fanboy over the fact that we have Kevin Durant. It's like, be thankful for this, Suns fans, because we know what it's like five years ago. You know, unless you're a bandwagoner and new to the franchise, welcome. We appreciate it. Hit the (laughs) like button. But if you've been with us for more than five years, you were praying for somebody like Kevin Durant, who was a run stopper. Because back in the day, those 7-0 runs were 15-0 runs real quick because you didn't have anybody who could stop them.
1: Exactly, and John, I know that you know a lot about Phoenix Suns history, just like I do. I mean, with your beautiful artwork in the background and everything. But let's be real, man. And don't get me wrong, the Suns have had some incredible players and incredible scorers mm-hmm. on on their team in the in the franchise history. But no one, nobody like Kevin Durant, man. Hell nobody. No. And that's why I 100% agree with you. Like I will back up. I will be a fanboy, a homer, whatever you want to call me. I will back up Katie. I'll back up Booker. Heck, I'll even back up Bradley Beal for as long as I possibly can because they play for the Phoenix Suns and because we've never seen anybody like Kevin Durant like ever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm thankful for Kevin Durant is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, his career average is more than our highest single season scoring average in franchise history. 27.2, Tom Chambers, 1990. That's the golden mark, right? Devin Booker went over it last year, but he didn't play in 55 games, so it technically doesn't qualify. Kevin Durant averages 27.3 points in his entire fucking career. Like, he is You're a nuts. bucket getter. He's the one that He's about to move. I think most likely, I think he's, you know, it was like 75 points, so he's he's like 38 points away from moving into 10th all-time on the all-time scoring list. The dude's a fucking bucket getter. Enjoy. Enjoy what he brought tonight for the phoenix suns
1: and eventually uh, he'll be in the suns categories and suns records because clearly he did it all with okc and the warriors and everything but like eventually he might you know at least be up there in some of the records or categories or whatever he, he
0: will for season single season <clears throat> shit i'll tell you it, that yeah, like, exactly single season 100 exactly. yeah. 100 a couple things that i saw in this game you know especially right at the beginning Poor perimeter defense has plagued the Phoenix Suns this entire uh, season thus far. He tweeted about that. Yeah, and it it was apparent that first quarter because Clay Thompson was hitting wide open threes. But ultimately, everything kind of evens itself out. The Warriors, who are a team that shoots at a high efficiency, uh, only shot 31.2% from beyond the arc. They were 10 of 32 in this game. The Suns were 11 of 28, 39.3%. Do you think that this is gonna be a recurring problem, or will the team just learn how to fucking rotate on the weak side so they don't have wide open three pointers anymore?
1: First off, I, I did notice you know the whole perimeter defense thing because I kept noticing it was like Klay Thompson first off has way too much space and they're launching too many threes, really just as a team, or they were getting too many mid range shots as well. And look, man, this this is hard for me to answer because maybe I'm very I'm easy, easily easily uh, impressionable or whatever the case may be. But I've been listening to Frank Vogel a lot, and we know Frank Vogel preaches defense. So I don't really know if this answers the question necessarily, but I hope we can clean up the perimeter defense and the defense in the fourth quarter overall because, you know, this is the NBA, man. You can be the worst team in the NBA, and if you're left wide open, you're probably going to score. I mean, this is a, you know, it's a shooter's league, you know what I mean? And, and you you take what the the defense gives you. And we we do have what I assume is some good defenders on this team I agree, And we've seen better defense throughout stages and flashes of that defense, but we haven't put it all together. Even on the offensive end, we haven't put it all together for 48 minutes. And that's sort of the alarming thing or the red flag thing, whatever word you want to use. Uh, But the defense does have to be addressed. um, And I hope Frank Vogel keeps on preaching that in the locker room. But uh, yeah, man.
0: I don't know. I I agree. I think that the Suns are are right now twentieth in defensive rating. That's not Frank Vogel's. Uh, yeah, exactly. Seventh in offensive rating, which is understandable, but twentieth, and a lot of it is a lot. You know, allowing the opposition to get second chance points, and they're not de- defending the perimeter as well as they they probably could. And I like what uh, acre 13 says in the chase Says Devin Booker, who was the early, was the early primary defender on clay was drifting away from clay a lot in the high corner early. He went three quarter. We, we've been seeing that from Booker a lot this year on the defensive end. He is on the weak side. And this is something he used to do early in his career on the weak side. He just sags off his, his uh, who's supposed to be defending because he's trying to assist in the, in the paint. And it goes back to those point Booker years when it was point Booker, he wanted to be close to the paint. So if a rebound happened, he was right there and he could start initiating the offense. So instead of staying home on defense, actions happening on the other side of the court, he's going to leak in, maybe pick off a rebound or at least be there, you know, to get a rebound from the, the rebounders and, and initiate the offense. And ultimately what happens is good teams know that if you pick, the uh, the opposition apart and you go towards the middle and you attack the cylinder and that compression occurs in the in the paint, you can dish it out in two passes and Booker's defense, uh, who he's defending, in this case, Clay Thompson, wide the folk open. Yep. You can't do that. And these are fundamental things that the Suns will have to continue to work on because the offense is going to be there. Yep. But if this team can be a top third of the league defense, a 10th or better defense, they can be an elite team, yeah. and that's what's holding them back is this disengagement kind of throughout the game coupled with the the fact that they're having a hard time staying focused on the defensive end.
1: And that's what's sort of tricky, too, and I, I've talked about this in some of my past live shows, is, I mean, again, I said it earlier, like, this is a shooter's league. It's, it's an offensive-driven league, so 100%. I don't know, like, I don't know if it's just maybe some teams like, like, let's say, the Jazz, for example, recently or even tonight with the Warriors. Just some teams have great shooting nights against us or if it really is, as you worded it, the disengagement on the defensive end for the Suns. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm kind of torn on that. But as the games go on, I'm leaning towards it's just bad Suns defense or not Frank Vogel top 10 even at least get us into the top 10 man you said yes. we were like 20th or whatever like 20th. that is unacceptable man like and look i know we don't have like I, I obviously we're an offensive driven team but we do have good defenders on this team a lot of length a lot of versatility but i'm not seeing the defensive defensive consistency night in and night out and maybe one day that will happen but i don't know man
0: yeah, it's just it's going to take time. Frank Vogel has to initiate a system. And with all the new players, I get it. And with injuries occurring, I get it. Uh, but at the same time, I've yet to really see that growth, if you yep. will. And I guess maybe you could say there was some growth in this game, although it was a choppy game with the whistle Here. being as blown a, as much as it was, where the Warriors shot 29 free throws, where the Suns shot 52. OK, that's 80, 81 free throws in this game. That's a lot of stoppage and not having the ability to get any fluidity for That's either fair. team on offense. So yeah. mm-hmm. looking at Devin Booker tonight.
3: Big Dick Booker. Devin
0: Booker tonight ends with 25 points and 10 assists, 8 rebounds. He just he can't get to that regular season triple double. Fuck. Uh, but 5 of 15 from the field, much akin to uh, Kevin Durant, a lot of his points came at the free throw line. They combined for 29 free throws. The Warriors shot 29 free throws. Kevin Durant Devin Booker combined <laughs> shot 29 free throws. I love uh, it. <laughs> but five, Yeah, I do too. You know, we've been, we've been, cor- you know, I should sit here and say, hey, you know, I, some of those were not great. I don't give a shit, man. Yeah. As Suns fans, we've been cornholed. Exactly. For years, on free throws, I don't want to hear it. Like I haven't looked it up on Stat uh, Head to see how many times Devin Booker shot 14 free throws, but I guarantee you, Klay Thompson much. <clears> and <throat> Steph Curry have shot 14 free throws way more than the Phoenix Suns. Exactly. Uh, after the the 52 free throw attempts, Vogel stated in the post game press conference, "We know they foul a lot." <laughs> and that was uh, that was made apparent. But what you see from Devin Booker again, not a great night relative to uh, shooting percentage. You saw thirty what you know that what thirty three percent from the field. Yeah, he, he still kind of has a, to get his sea legs under him. It feels like we're starting. To, this is kind of being a, a, a reoccurring thing: inefficient Booker nights.
1: I'm gonna kind of get a little optimistic here. And again, Suns fans might disagree with me in the comments, but I'm gonna say what I'm gonna say right here, man. Maybe this is a good thing, though. Because think about it, man. We've seen some inconsistencies with really a lot of the Suns team, but and obviously the injuries and everything, but think about it. It's still kind of still early in the season. Eventually, as you mentioned, Booker might find his sea legs or whatever. The shot might start falling. He'll be a little more consistent, hopefully, or efficient, or whatever word you want to use. Mm -hmm. Think about it, man. Like Kevin Durant's cooking, and, you know, we've we've had great production from other guys like Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon, et cetera, et cetera. But think about it, man. Like, once Bradley Beal comes back, maybe that's like the game where Booker starts cooking more consistently. And, you know, another L that I will take, and I will always repeat it on my channel and even on here, is I was wrong about Point Booker, man. I, I was wrong about Point Book, and I know Bradley Beal will eventually make his way. Maybe he'll be the point guard, but I want the ball in Devin Booker's hands. He just keeps on proving me wrong. It's and it just you you can just tell he learned a lot from Chris Paul. Agreed. And, and and even if it was just like a little pass here and there, just him just controlling the game, slowing things down. Like there was one play, play in particular where I think Devin Booker like drew a double team. Eric Gordon was in the corner and then cut, and Booker found him. Like it's just little things like that, man. And point Booker is here to stay. I am proud of it. And again, I'm trying to stay positive. Hopefully that Devin Booker consistent night from the field comes sooner rather than later. Hey,
0: I'll tell you this, okay? Since Devin Booker's comeback, the Suns are 5-0. Exactly. Okay, so if he's struggling a little bit with his efficiency and we're still winning ball games, good. That's fine. Since he's returned, he's shooting, he's shooting 34% from beyond the arc. That's the one area where he could probably increase himself a little bit. Yeah. But... Entering tonight in his past four games, he had 8.5 assists. So you add this one to the fray. Let's see. So he had a 5, a 15, so that's 20, 28, 34, 44 divided by 5. So he's he's still in that you know nine-something range. You're way
1: better at math than I am.
0: <laughs> in there. I'm, I'm mathing on the fly, so uh, forgive me if I come out wrong. But
1: yeah, I, I feel like
0: Booker hasn't hit his stride, and that's okay. Uh, I think the key for him is to avoid the turnovers since oh, he's yeah. returned two turnovers, one turnover, three turnovers, one turnover tonight. He had three turnovers. So he is at while he's racking up these big assist numbers, his assist to turnover ratio is acceptable. And that's the key to a successful point booker. And you're right. Since he's returned, there's been stabilization to this offense. Somebody who understands Kevin Young's system and has the ability to attack it and, and to, just manage the floor. That's what we were missing with him out. And I think that that's very important that in his return, that he's been able to do that. And the Suns are winning ballgames, baby. And that's all you can ask for. Exactly, so man. biscuits in the bear in the chat. Uh, I don't know if you know this sun's geek, but after every Phoenix, every Phoenix suns, win, whatever the point differential is biscuits and the bear donates it to the podcast. So thank you for, so- for supporting the podcast, $8 in the donation. Uh, biscuits and the bear says I thought for sure it was going to be a 35 fu- 30 plus point differential tonight. Seemed Maybe like that for a minute. <clears throat> hopefully Friday we get a huge blowout. Yeah I hope so too because again I want them to win by 700 points biscuits and the bear just to see how dedicated you are <laughs> to donating uh and then D acre. 13, I love Void's work on Bright Side of the Sun. It's Elbow Jumper here. I know who that is. I see you in the chat. Uh, You've on a lot of stuff. So thank you for commenting on the, the pieces that we put together on Bright Side of the Sun. Truly appreciate that. Truly appreciate all of your support. Next guy I want to talk about.
2: Little...
0: Another great game, back-to-back great games. I wrote a piece on him for Brightside, actually, today, talking about how he is seizing his opportunity with Utah Wantanabe out. He goes out tonight, plays a total of 27 minutes, Suns Geek, four of nine from the field, 10 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, little stat-stuffing son of a bitch, that Nasir, Nasir Little.
1: I love what I'm seeing out in his ear, Little, man. I was a little over-hyping him when we first got him. And then, you know, he struggled kind of out the gate, didn't really play much and everything. But over these last few games, he's showing a lot of Suns fans what he can do. And this is what I love about basketball, man. This is what I love about sports, really, is guys take advantage of the minutes when, when other guys are out. And they, they said this on the broadcast. I wrote this down that Frank Vogel said, the intensity and the energy level skyrockets when he's on the floor. Uh, I think we went like on a 10 to one run at one point. And I swear to God, he had like most of those points. He had that one, like poster dunk or whatever, a couple highlight flushes. And, you know, there was that one play where he just like, I think he took the rebound, drove it up the court and just threw it down, man. But it's not just that too. Sometimes it's just the little plays that don't show up on the stat sheet, whether it's like an offensive rebound or just him hustling, you know, on the defensive end or whatever the case may be. I'm loving what I'm seeing about him. And really, I think the biggest stat of the night was 27 minutes. That is yeah. huge, man. And and look, obviously, Booker and, and KD and whenever Beale gets back, you know, they can give you 90 or more a game. So any points that he provides is just a bonus. I, and I, I can't wait to read your piece on Bright Side of the Sun about it, because he definitely deserved that piece.
0: Yeah, I mean, the way that he uh, as you mentioned, plays with that energy. And Frank Vogel mentioned the boy that yep. he plays with the energy. And my big uh, question mark around this little. We all knew that he had the talent. That he's yeah. been he was, he was the number two prospect coming out of high school in Orlando, Florida, when he joined the uh, the University of North Carolina, and then came out in the 2019 draft. I mean, he was a high talent, high upside guy, and due to injury and inconsistency, he just he just hasn't had the opportunity to be unlocked, if you will. Yeah. It's been a very, very small sample size. Yeah, but if somehow if some way the phoenix suns could unlock nasir little that would be absolutely huge for this team and this franchise he, he's a, he's a mid-level guy he makes 6 million a year you know but he's he's 22 years old 23 22 23 he's 23 he's about to be 24 he's a young guy is what i'm saying he has athletic ability he has basketball acumen and he's he's in a system that's going to allow him to flourish and be productive and he's taking advantage of it right now so appreciate it because this is what happens we get really high on a guy and he'll go into a low and then the next guy will step up and that's what you want if you have a good team that's what's happening he starts to lull out a little bit uh there's he's putting together en- enough games that have enough tape on him and what he does and how he attacks on both ends of the floor opposing teams start to scout against that boom he starts, his production goes down. Boom. Now here comes you to He's back. He's hitting threes. He's running around like a madman on defense. He doesn't know what he's doing. We don't know what he's doing, but it's a good time because he's out there just stroking the three balls. So that's how the regular season kind of goes. As long as you have the talent to do these things, I really think that uh, that's what's going to make this team successful in the long run. And he, I, I really appreciate what he brings and the energy in which he does it. I just, I love, I love Nasir Little, man. I. I love lamp.
3: Yeah,
1: man, I I agree with you, man. And, and, you know, obviously this is a team of veterans and obviously we're going to be contending for the foreseeable future, but he's 23 years old. We got a couple other younger guys on the team, you know, maybe development if you will, or project players, if you will. Mm -hmm. And Hey, he's, I, I know it may not last all season, but he's off to a good start.
0: That's a good word. Project player. I think that that's Mm -hmm. a good description of who Nasir Little is. Uh, Leah Lerner in the chat, $1.99. Thank you again for donating to the podcast and to donate to our show and and the content that both Suns Geek and I and myself create. We really are dedicated. We really do care. (laughs) We really do. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. Who else did I have in here? I did want to talk real quick about because, um, again, like I said, with my phone just going absolutely fucking bonkers for the entire third quarter, and I'm just like, dude, I can't text people. What is going on? Uh, I didn't see what happened to this. Big
2: Crank banks.
0: Crank
2: that soul. Now I mean you. Crank that soul. Now I mean you. Crank that soul. Now I mean
3: you. Crank that soul
0: talking about how some guys will you know they'll play really well and you're like wow that guy's playing amazing put them in the starting lineup then they kind of dip a little bit Eubanks is kind of on the back end of a dip if you will 16 minutes played tonight had the six rebounds had the six points left with an
1: ankle injury what did you see what happened I didn't see it I didn't see it either but I did upload a highlight to Twitter where three Phoenix Suns players try attempted to block a shot and drew eubanks was the one that blocked it now yes it was weird because if i if i i can pull it up on my phone right now i believe he got back on defense so maybe that was it but i didn't see it i didn't see him grimacing in pain maybe it was something that quickly happened after but even the Suns on their twitter account posted like he has the injury he won't return that's a little alarming like i'm watching the play right now and i'm like just looking closely, if he like grimaces or anything, like I'm like zooming in. Yeah, like, I'm like zooming in. I'm like, I didn't see yeah, it. It looked like he jammed his ankle, if it was anything. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know, man. That was weird, but I hope he's okay. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. He's, he's another guy that's proved me wrong, and I know that he's sort of on a decline or whatever. But he he sometimes has big plays and big moments here and there that I love, especially his big poster dunks. Peaks
0: and valleys, peaks and valleys. Yeah, peaks but and valleys. With, with his injury, oh, it opens up the door for Chimetsy Metu.
3: Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy, but here's my number. Four. So call me
2: maybe.
0: That's who got some run tonight. You know, I think he played six minutes last night. He got 12 tonight. He was two or three from the field. Did miss his uh, that one three-pointer. Four points, two rebounds, couple blocks as well. And I thought it was actually a good matchup for a while. I'm like, hey, we got Chimetsi Metu in here. You got Dario Saric out there. I think this could really play in the, in the favor of the Suns. And Dario Saric started to chew him up a little bit in that fourth quarter. But what did you see from Chimetsi Metu? What were your expectations coming into the season? And how do you think that he could be utilized for moving forward if Eubanks is ultimately injured?
1: Maybe I sound like a casual here, but I didn't have really any expectations. Like I knew who he was, but I was like, we signed him like what? Like, you know what I mean? It's one of those. Mm -hmm. Um, But from the little film I've watched, if you will, I do see the potential. I do see the vision. He's got good size and everything could maybe be a contributor on the offensive end. But I kind of say that, you know, with a little bit of hesitancy and all that, but you know, it is sort of, like I was saying with Nazir Little and everything, and even Drew Eubanks, it goes back to kind of those, like, little plays here and there. Like, again, he had a couple blocks tonight. But yeah, I, I do know he kind of struggled kind of late in this game. And, he, look, Dario is still a pretty young guy in some NBA terms, but he's clearly been in the league longer than to and it did show tonight. Hey, what's up, Matthew? <laughs> oh, shit, Matthew's coming to us live from the Footprint Center. Matthew, can you hear him? How are you doing? Yeah. Good. Can
2: you hear me? yes, yes sir. Happy, happy thanksgiving
1: happy thanksgiving
2: <sighs> happy thanksgiving i know we got 18 minutes till it's thanksgiving huh yeah hey it's it's <laughs> been like thanksgiving
0: four hours for where suns geeks at <laughs> i like how right over your head it's like suns win Let's That's uh, yeah well done I sir well I done
2: try, i tried to find a spot everyone's trying to get out of here early i feel like starting yeah super mm-hmm. late but yeah, uh well, what's, what's up yeah. what are you guys talking about
0: no what are you talking about what do, what, what do you got for us coming we're just talking about chimetsy metu yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, okay, so some decent minutes. No one really talked about them in the presser. Yeah, what will um, happen in the presser? Yeah, so they talked about how, you know, they knew Golden State had a lot of issues turning the ball over because it's like – those or the free throws itself, they know how to foul, right? But they also know mm-hmm. how to turn the ball over. There's a lot of instances there where the Suns would go on runs, forcing easy turnovers just because Golden State plays so fast. They talked about um, – other than that, really, I mean, they talked about uh, just – I don't know. Ask me a question. What else did they talk about? Did they did
0: they talk about my tweet? For
2: real? <laughs> they, they did talk about, yeah, the Chris Paul ejection. They, they did mention, you know, they know the history between Scott Foster and Chris Paul. And they just, they know the fact that it was boiling up to that point. They knew the one technical was coming. Booker and KD both said that, but they didn't see, think the second one was going to be that quick. So, uh, you know, maybe tomorrow at Thanksgiving or here in 16 minutes, they can get together and they can hang out and maybe forgive each other because I don't know what's going on with that relationship because that's crazy he got ejected so early in the game.
0: It was kind of disappointing. So we were only left with one former member of the Phoenix Suns who I was getting ready to talk about. We're talking about Chimetsy Metu. He had a hard time in that fourth quarter guarding none other than the smoke break. The Sarich
3: smoke break.
0: Dario Sarge tonight off the bench, 22 minutes, 17 points, six rebounds, four assists, two steals, two or three from beyond the arc. What was it like seeing Super Dario in person actually playing like a
2: fucking uh, <laughs> uh, uh, basketball player again, Matthew? Yeah, he was an animal. He almost he almost won the game. The question was like, why is Clay and Steph still on the bench? But it was mostly because that bench was playing so good for Golden State, getting them back in the game, and it was led by Dario in the fourth quarter. It was scary. It's like you don't want to see him out of the two guys, out of him and Chris Paul, it's actually Dario to come back and haunt the Suns. Uh, they talked about that and how it's just great to go up against him and Booker did talk about just the one-on-one they would have in practice. And that's a big body, right? Seeing him uh, actually practicing before the game, you can see him lumber around, get that shot up. It's a big dude. So I, I big butt. I did have a picture. I've been bending over but I did not post it, all right? oh, You're professional now. You should have posted Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that, not going to happen. That's what so. that's what
0: the <laughs> that's what the Sun's jam session Twitter thing for is for the in, unprofessional, immature tweets. Yeah. Whenever I have a point to make and I'm like, "Okay, this is a good point." I got I post it from like my Twitter feed, but if I'm like, "This is dumb and yeah. stupid and childish," I'm like, "Let me just swipe over to the Sun's jam session one and tweet it from there." Well, since I got you both on the pod, I I got a trivia time for you. You know what time it is. Trivia time. With uh, everybody in the chat, you can answer this as well. No Googling, although this might be hard to Google. So the Suns shot 52 free throws tonight. Okay. The last time that they did that was January 19th of 1992 or something. Some yep. stupid stupid number. That's what you put. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my question for both of you and the chat. What is the record for most free throws shot in a by the Phoenix Suns in their history? 70? Give me a number. All right. I'm going to say 70. I'm
2: going to say 61.
0: 61 chat. I'll let you get, you know, think about that question again. And if you're driving around, listen to the podcast or you're trying to avoid your family, you just finished having some Thanksgiving gravy uh, and you're sipping the sink Thanksgiving gravy, just right out of the, the little gravy cup thing, whatever that's called. <laughs> and you're in a back closet by yourself. Just say it out loud. What you think that your guess is. So we have Sir Hamo who's joining us from the Aussie Suns fan podcast. He says, 82. David Ray says 50. Sun's Fever says 63. Uh, Leah says she's never seen you without a hat. CL Oracle says 69. Oh, my God. Todd Peterson, 63. Uh, And Leah says you're much hotter without it, Matthew. Just so you know. 54 from Prescott, Matt. Have mercy. 52 from Carlos Mamone. Michael Kolb, 62. 58 from Jason L. If somebody's just walking in to that uh, into that closet where you're sleep, uh, uh, sipping gravy and they're listening to the podcast and they're hearing numbers. They're like, what's going on? Uh, Harlem, Vega, 73. Lazy Sasquatch, 55. Brian Herrera, 1992 is the answer. Uh, the answer is 80.
1: Damn. On, I was on, 10 off. On April 9th,
0: 1990, in, in a single overtime game, they shot 80 free throws. They made 61 of them. So sixty-one of their hundred nice. and nineteen points, and and the person with the most free throw attempts in that game was Kevin Johnson with twenty-four. Tom Chambers had twenty-two. Kurt Rambis had twelve. Eddie Johnson had eleven. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Trivia. You time. know what time it is. Trivia time. All right, Matthew, anything yeah. else you want to tell yeah. us before you before you jet out of there? Any, any other observations from inside the arena that you want to share with the Jamsters and the Geek Squad before you take off?
2: No, nothing. Just a painful win. I mean, I'm sure you went over it, but just the ending was atrocious. We we'll, haven't yet. They have to go have back through. Yeah, to go back through film. Yet. Yeah, go back to film and see what the hell happened, right? That's what Booker said, but you know. It's a win, and tomorrow's Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving, Suns Geek, and everybody tomorrow. If you guys nice, do celebrate man. it, I don't know if it's uh, a religious religious holiday or not, but <laughs> it is. Happy Thanksgiving to you, man. All right. I'll yeah. right, see go, you guys. Go sit
0: in traffic. <laughs> ah! All right. Yeah, the fourth quarter, I think it's a, it's a good time to talk about that fourth quarter. Obviously, the Phoenix Suns give up 40 points to the Golden State Warriors in the fourth quarter. Uh, And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, all the scrubs. I mean, 12 minutes was played by Dario Saric. You had eight minutes by Brandon Podzinitski. You had Trace Jackson Davis for six minutes. Corey Joseph played almost the entire quarter. Uh, What'd you see there? Like, Was it just purely the Suns leaving or taking their foot off of the gas pedal uh, and disengaging? Or is there something that we should be worried about?
1: Again, I'm a little torn on this, but I do agree that and I saw some tweets about this and I I agreed with all of them. I think one of them was even from our son's daddy, Dave King, but pretty much I think the sons did take their foot off the gas. They didn't, you know, pounce when they should have because you just talked about it. The Golden State Warriors had their bench in guys we've never heard of. You know what I mean? Or guys that most of us have never heard of and don't know that much about. And I I give credit to Steve Kerr, man, because he sort of did a great job of keeping Clay and Steph on the bench long enough for his bench to build momentum and get back into the game. That was great, great job on his part. But again, the fact that I'm saying that, the fact that I'm talking about that, that the Warriors bench, guys we've barely heard of, you know, pretty much led the way to this comeback is sort of embarrassing, and yes. and and look, I, I I've always come to the defense when I when I say you can't give the Suns unrealistic ex, unrealistic expectations, and I will continue to to defend them on that. But that doesn't seem like it's an unrealistic expectation to pounce on the other team's bench and to hold a lead and to hold the leads consistently, mm-hmm. and to again just rip out their throat when their two star players are on the bench, man. Like I, again, I'm trying to say as positive as I can, but this is a consistent thing. More red flags are going up. I don't know how to explain it, man. I really don't. And and you and I could sit here and watch the film over and over. And I feel like next game or the game after that, like, is this going to be a continuing trend all season? And what is the solution, man? Like, I don't, I don't know, man.
0: I will say this. There's two different things in motion here that are both true at the same time. One, the Suns did have their starters out there longer than the Warriors had theirs. Their star players stayed out there longer. Yeah. And that's where my frustration comes in is I get that you are up by 23 at one point, but put this team a fucking way preach, put them away. And there was an opportunity. I mean, the, the team was up by nine yeah. when Frank Vogel decided to pull Booker to pull Durant and pretty much just leave Grayson Allen out there. I think he was the only one left from the starting unit. And they instantly gave up two points, come down, turn the ball, a a fast break, turn the ball over, fast break, and he had to call timeout and bring him right back in.
3: It's embarrassing, dude. So my
0: frustration is like, listen, second team unit, have some fucking pride. Yeah. Like, don't go out there and just start trying to Harlem Globetrot shit around. (laughs) Go out there and have some pride. Play some play some basketball, play with some some uh, offensive or defensive sets, do something that's productive and that is uh, is transferable moving forward because that's how you garner minutes, and that's what the frustration is to me. We won the game, but I wanted to see more from our depth because I think that we are a deep team. I really do. And that was kind of frustrating. So again, as you mentioned, we'll see if this is something moving forward, if this is a trend or mm-hmm. if this is something that uh, hopefully starts to go away.
1: And let's know. let's be real, too, man, like in all fairness to the Suns, this is the NBA. These are the best players in the world. And again, th- there's no defense played in today's NBA, but that's that's the trick. That's sort of the the hard thing to kind of analyze and break down is why is this consist consistently happening? You know what I mean, and and, and
0: even well, though, Rodriguez says. Remember, guys, this was a back-to-back. That yeah, is yeah, exactly.
1: You know, that's where you know me. I'm a both sides of the coin kind of person, sometimes to a fault. Mm-hmm. But again, we're we're in what game? I don't know. I'm bad at math, 15 or whatever. But it's a continuing trend. That's not a good trend to be on. It's not,
0: and we got it. We got to get better than that. So, yep. I will say that I was hanging out on the subreddit for the Golden State Warriors, which is a
1: horrible horrible place it's probably very dark over there oh
0: it's just it's not fun it's not fun but i was there for you jamsters (laughs) and this is the subreddit stakeout
3: the sun's jam session subreddit stakeout yes i went again this time as batman because i had to i had to not let them know that I was Darth Voida from the Suns Jam Session Podcast. And here's what they were saying about the Phoenix Suns on the subreddit for the Golden State Warriors. Nurkic wearing some kind of fuzzy slippers. What
1: the fuck are those?
0: <laughs> that's, that's a great toy you got there. What are those like, things called?
1: Funko Pops. Funko you know me. Pop, I'm a huge yeah. Batman fanboy. Yes. <laughs> that's why I did this just for
3: you. <laughs> But yeah, they're like Nurkic is wearing fuzzy slippers Uh, Saric is a beautiful Beautiful man Let's go (laughs) Is it me Or is someone on the sun's broadcast Continually Plugging in a phone KD is such a troll That USB sound for his free throws Is
0: actually triggering It is one thing that opposing fan bases. Whenever we go into the subreddit during the game, they hate the fact that they got that USB plug-in thing. It drives everybody crazy. <laughs> like they'll always comment on it. They're like, dude, I thought like my phone had unplugged and replay. I didn't know what was going on. So uh, if Booker hangs
3: up his boots,
0: he'll have a great career in Hollywood. And the half of the fucking subreddit for the wars was just dog and Booker Booker for flopping. And I mean, the entire time they were bitching about fouls as well. They should 52 free throws for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, it's ridiculous. As Sir Hamo says in the chat again from the Aussies Suns fan podcast, if you haven't stopped by there, please check them out. It says Scott Foster tonight, 81 free throws, five technicals, one Chris Paul ejection, two upheld challenges, a three-hour game, elite performance from the goat. (laughs) It It was a pure, it was a Scott Foster fuckery tonight. Back to the subreddit stakeout, uh, Booker, underrated, unethical Hooper.
3: It's mean. The <laughs> difference between thirty-four year old KD and Wiggins is huge. <clears throat> if I'm CP three, I'm getting some swings in. Fuck that. Five play, five point play by Foster, the real MVP. This quarter
0: is balls. (laughs) And then my phone blew up and I stopped checking the subreddit stakeout. So that, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, was your subreddit stakeout. The
3: Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout.
0: We're back. (laughs) Uh, Eric Gordon had a really good game.
1: What were your thoughts on him tonight? First off, props to your vocal cords right there, because if I would have had to hear that, I would have ended the show because my voice would have been gone. So cheers to you, man. Sweet, sweet beard. I'll drink some water on your behalf because of that. But, uh, yeah, Eric Gordon, man, um, this is why we got him. I I think it really is as simple as that. Just a guy that can just be in what – I mean, he's been starting, obviously, as of late, but a guy that can can come off the bench, can hit some big-time shots when needed, you know, a veteran in this league for many, many years, been in many different teams and situations and everything. I've loved everything that I've seen with Eric Gordon. He's also playing a boatload of minutes, man. And we've seen some games where sometimes his first halves are a lot better than the second half. but I will take it, man. That's the exciting thing about what Eric Gordon brings to this team and props to him. And, and again, speaking of him playing a lot of minutes, shout out to Grace and Allen too. Like they're playing a boatload of minutes, being as productive as they can be out mm-hmm. there. And I love it, man. I I'm all for the, the Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen low key uh, MVPs for this team.
0: I mean, like you need their stability and they're providing it. Yep. And tonight was a, uh, they flipped the script, if you will, because Eric Gordon was very unproductive in the first half. He's only oh, three. He wasn't exactly. aggressive. Like he normally is. And he's four of nine in the second half, yep. three of nine from beyond the arc, 13 points, four assists, three steals, a rebound. Eric Gordon played absolutely fantastic in this game. Uh, and I, I, you nailed it when you said it, Suns Geek, that you know he is so vital to this team and such a great, great pickup this offseason by the Phoenix Suns. So uh, let's give out some hardware.
1: Jam, star of the game.
0: All right, There's a reminder to subscribe, rate, and review. Give us a thumbs up if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Rate us five stars, write a review, and we'll read it right here on the podcast. I'll let you go first, as you are the guest on my show, even though if I'm on your channel, I'm the guest on your show. (laughs) I don't know how that works. Okay, this is (laughs) – here, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do this. Uh,
1: It is is all your show, man. You've been hosting. You do an excellent job. You and Matthew do an (laughs) excellent (laughs) job of this of the post game pods much more organized and more fun than my shows. But anyways, that's not what your this shows is about. are fun. Thanks, man. Your shows
0: are fun. When the dogs start barking, you got to take a drink of water. Like, Hold on everyone. I got to go take a <laughs> shit. I'll be right back, but we're live streaming.
1: <laughs> exactly. Man. Or how many times have you heard me say one man show on my show? <laughs> but anyways, to answer the question, you know what, man, I'm going to keep on pushing the KD MVP narrative. I'm going to keep on pushing that. Tell am blue in the face kevin durant is my jam star of the game what about you
0: i'm same boat and i'm looking at you know i'm logging these this year right Mm. and this is now the one two three four five six seventh time out of 15 games that i've given kd the jam star of the game and uh you know what i'm changing i'm gonna say scott foster I'm typing that one in. I'm putting in Scott Foster, jam star of the game. Uh, he changed the momentum of the, of the game. So, boom, there you go. That'll be fun to look back at the end of the year. I'll be like, okay. So, <laughs> I gave it to Wemby one game. You know, Booker here. KD there. Grayson Allen got one. Ooh, Scott F- Oh, yeah. That was the, the ejection game. So, uh, yeah. You know, a lot of Jamsters agree with you, though. You know, once again, it's KD uh Hozie Sons Fan Podcast does give to Scott Foster cuz of course they would uh because to them it's not Thanksgiving it's the 4th Thursday in November uh Katie and Gordon from Michael Kolb um the refs from Nathaniel Darius book from Lazy Sasquatch uh Katie and only KD my dog barking um Chris Paul can't give KD Jam Star with that fourth fair uh yeah so Anything else on this game before we preview the next game and get out of here for Thanksgiving?
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Just real quick. And you guys know, especially those who watch my channel consistently, you guys know I can't read, but that's okay. The (laughs) NBA's last two-minute report came out. I don't know if you saw this already. Already? Yeah, it came out. And this is uh, from Kellen Olson from Arizona Sports, who we all know, who did the interview, the pool report, if you will. And this Mm -hmm. is crew chief Scott Foster following tonight's Suns Warriors game. I don't know if you can see it, but it's okay. all right there. It's a little yeah. blurry, but pretty much what Scott Foster said was, "What was the Chris Paul up, or what was Chris Paul upset about that led to the initial discussion?" Foster said that foul called against him at the twenty-three point five. Then another question: Why was Chris Paul assessed the first technical for unsportsmanlike conduct? And then question: How did Chris Paul escalate the situation to be given a second technical foul, leading to his ejection from the game? Scott Foster. He continued to complain and received a sportsmanlike, un, or excuse me, unsportsmanlike technical foul. And then, what was the reason for Kevin Durant's technical foul late in the fourth quarter? By NBA guidelines, respect for the game, players cannot throw the ball against the stanchion. Which, oh, there's you see it happen all the time. Yeah, I'm like, and again, it's all right there. Just go look at the NBA's two minute report. It's all right there. I didn't know Kellen ran that interview. That's pretty cool, but um. Yikes. Oh. NBA. Seriously, if you're watching, please do something. Do something. Do something. <laughs> do something. I mean. Jeez. I just... Well,
0: next up, <laughs> the Suns are going to Memphis, which is kind of your neck of
1: the woods <laughs>
0: on Friday, a Black Friday game, 3 p.m. our time, which would be what? 4 p.m.
1: your time? Three? Yeah, four. Yeah, three or four-ish. There's like an hour difference. It used to be a two-hour time difference.
0: Yeah, now it's one because yep. we're so uh, but 3 p.m. Arizona time, we are taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. This is an in-season tournament game, so the implications with this game. There's a lot of if. if so here, here's how it works from an in-season standpoint. If we win this game, we would end the in the group play of in-season tournament play three and one. Our only loss being the Lakers, a game we choked away in the fourth quarter. Depending on our point differential and the performance of some other teams, if they end three and one as well, and we have a higher point differential then we get in. So if we can just smoke this team and win by 20 points, we have a current point differential of plus 13. So if we have a plus a point differential of plus 33, we could get into the in-season tournament. So just go out and beat the shit out of the Grizzlies right
1: now. Are you going to this game? Suns geek? Yes, I am. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I know it's a big shocker. I do not live in Phoenix, which absolutely sucks, but yes, I do live in Memphis right now and I'm actually going to the game because I blew it last year. I could have went to both games last year here in Memphis I didn't do it. I don't know why I didn't do it. So my sister and I put our money together. We're like, screw it. We're going. We actually got really good seats which I'm hyped for. Hell yeah. Game since like 2019, dude. I'm hyped. I'm going to have a blast. I'm going to need you to send me the invite link so I can like hop on. Yes. For a couple of minutes, show you guys the arena and all that. I'll probably do like a solo live show or whatever on mine just real quick. Probably from the arena as I'm walking out and all that. Can't wait, man. Friday is going to be an incredible day.
0: Hell yeah, that's going to be awesome. So, uh, <laughs> tune into the Suns Jam Session podcast after the game. Suns Geek might pop in just like Matthew yep. did to give us kind of a look at uh, was it FedEx Arena? Is that what it's yeah, called there? And,
1: and I think they're gonna, they should have their in season tournament court And I'll tell you what oh, the they were like, I'll tell you what the fans were like and everything. Yes, um, yeah, it's gonna be pretty cool
0: perfect that sounds fun and fantastic so looking forward to that looking forward to friday uh let everyone know where they can follow you for those who are watching on my channel and then i will do the same for people on your channel
1: yeah just uh search suns geek and you will find me obviously on youtube always doing live shows and videos youtube shorts uh find me on twitter or x or whatever tic tac myspace you know the drill all those (laughs) social media links just search suns geek and you'll find me And, and seriously john thank you again and matthew Thank you guys for always inviting me on and letting me, you know, upload this to my channel as well. You guys are awesome. I hope you and your family and your loved ones all have a great Thanksgiving. And I know you're a big football guy, so enjoy the football tomorrow. And I'll definitely be having a few of these tomorrow and Friday. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, sir. And for those uh, on Suns Geeks channel, if you don't know who I am, my name is John Voida i uh part of the Suns Jam session podcast, which you can follow at Suns Jam on all major social media platforms. You can follow me at Darth Voida. Uh, just look for the most viral tweet of the night, and that's where you'll end up for reading real. me. Uh, <laughs> and you can read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com, where I am the managing editor and a credentialed member of the Phoenix Suns Media now, which has been really, really fun. So, same to you, Suns Geek. I can't thank you enough for kind of being like our third amigo. Uh, helping us out whenever we do one of these post-game podcasts. You're always willing to help us out. So we truly, truly are thankful for that as we head into Thanksgiving. And to everybody watching, make sure that you enjoy your Thanksgiving. Unless you're international, enjoy your fourth Thursday of November. But no matter what you do, folks, go home and love your family.